Okay, so we're officially rolling. And I am here with Brett Manning. She is a fucking awesome artist. And I could try to explain what her art is like, but you would just be better off checking it out for yourself because it really is amazing work. And so I'm going to embarrass you with flattery as I introduce you to the Glitter Cast. Welcome, Brett, to the Glitter Cast. Hello. Thank you. Thank you for being here. I'm so excited to get to talk to you on the phone again. Yeah, this is awesome. So I wanted to, I'm just going to start throwing the questions at you. I wanted to ask sort of, because if you're look, if you know, if someone's looking at your art, there is a lot of paranormal nuance and there's a mystical and sometimes a scary aspect. So, I mean, one of the things that I love about your art is like, you'll have something that's terrifying and then you'll have like a cute, like little like fairy or critter. So there's like, there's a spectrum. Definitely. Um, that's something that I do focus on because I don't think that things are just like super good or super bad. I, I try to like find a balance and uh, I don't know, just because it looks really scary. It doesn't mean you should fear it. Maybe this isn't a monster. <laughs> I don't know. I like to draw um, things that maybe some people are afraid of, but present them in such a way that they are more accessible or friendly or just like non-threatening. <laughs> yeah. Like don't fear the dark, embrace the dark. It's kind of like a, like a form of shadow work in a way. Oh my gosh. Like, yes. So. I, I love that analogy, which I think is probably why some people might not love the scarier things. I think people who don't necessarily face their shadow can't relate to like the creepier, spookier sort of elements in art and in other yeah. things as well. Totally. Yeah. And I, I try to like take down those barriers with my art. It is like really funny and goofy and a lot of the characters are pretty ridiculous, but <laughs> I don't know. That's also just a part of life, like having a sense of humor but also maybe that's a gallows humor, <laughs> but I think that's yeah. healthy. So, yeah, I, I think know. so too. I totally think so. I'm curious yeah. because there is such a magical aspect to your work. I'm sort of curious what, you know, your, your religious background was like, or like how you sort of became acquainted with that sort of world. Interesting question. I will, I will figure this out. So I hope my parents don't listen. <laughs> they're both on the very Christian extremist side, I would say. Um, my mom lesser than my dad. My mom's actually pretty casual about it, mm -hmm. but still takes it very seriously. My dad is another problem altogether. Yeah. We don't necessarily have the best relationship. But that doesn't bother me at all. He just, uh, he does not like my lifestyle. I don't know. But it's weird because when I was younger, they never pushed any kind of religion. They were, they were so open. They were just like, you can do whatever you want to do. And I guess I took that seriously. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. My dad's been through a lot. Like when my parents got divorced, he like something in his brain snapped and he started clinging to like just hyper Christianity kind of stuff. And I actually feel really bad for him because he's not living his life to the fullest by any means. It's really sad. Right. But um, yeah. So they, when I was a child, it was fine. Like my birthday is Halloween. So like we always, made a big deal of that and it wasn't an issue at all I was like the little creepy girl who yeah. likes witches <laughs> so I don't know oh my god your Things birthday's are Halloween sorry crazy. I'm like your birthday's on Halloween <laughs> I didn't mean to interrupt keep going <laughs> yeah it's just things have changed since um definitely since after my parents got divorced they both kind of took on these uh very strange <laughs> viewpoints that are I like I would 
like I said, they're kind of extremists about it in a way. Right. And it's not what you were used to. So it's like kind of an awkward adjustment, I'm sure, especially now because you're like an adult and you have the freedom to make your choices. And then there's yeah. like this shift where you're like, wait, you were cool with this. Like now you're not. And this is how I make my like money. <laughs> Yeah, my mom doesn't have a problem with it. She she just calls me her weird kid. So oh, like she, that's endearing. It's endearing. Yeah, it, I don't have a problem with it. She doesn't ask too many questions about what I'm into. Mm-hmm. Our relationship cool. It's just um, we don't we don't talk about what we believe in. I think because she knows enough to like know that I know what I'm doing and I'm happy and it doesn't matter to her what I like to do with my time. (laughs) I don't know. Which is good. Like that's, you know, what you kind of what you want and a parent just like, you know, you don't have to understand, but this is what's happening. Yeah. Like I'm doing fine and she sees that and at least she respects that. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) when you started to sort of, I'm curious when, because you obviously have a connection to the paranormal and you know, I know that you had like spooky Halloween birthday, but I'm curious when the paranormal became real to you, what some of the ex- experiences have been like. Okay. Well, the most real thing that I have ever experienced, well, no, I've had a, my first most obvious paranormal experience, let's call it that, I guess. Um, speaking of my parents' divorce, it was happening this this happened while my parents were in the process of getting divorced. So there was a lot of like weird tension in the house and my dad wasn't living there anymore. And I was about 11 or 12. And one night I woke up experiencing uh, like the old hag syndrome. Something was, it felt like something was sitting on my body. I could feel the, the shape of a body. I could almost even feel like, hands on either side of my head mm-hmm. and couldn't see anything but there was enough uh light shining through the blinds in my bedroom that I could see my blanket get physically torn off of my body and it landed on the floor oh my gosh and so that was crazy because I saw that happen and yeah it's not like I, you kicked it off in a, during a nightmare yeah, I almost, I could have sworn that I saw, like, where an invisible hand gripped the part of the blanket and just, like, tore it off of me. Ooh, that just gave me the chills. <laughs> it was, like, that was when I knew, like, this stuff is actually real because I was awake um, during the old hag part of it where I felt a body on top of me. I was moving. I was, like, wiggling under the form just like you would wiggle if an actual person was crouched on top of you. Yeah. And yeah, then the blanket was torn off of me and I just ran out of my room and went to my mom's room. And later I found out she didn't want to tell me at the time, but when we moved out of the house, she would say like, she would wake up in the middle of the night to her bed shaking. And I don't know. (laughs) It was a weird time in our life. Like it had a lot to do with, just the negative tensions that were in the air already. Yeah. Like it activated something. Yeah. It was wild. (laughs) You ended up drawing that, correct? I did. (laughs) So this is like one of the synchronicities that I love about us knowing each other, just because just to give like some background for listeners, we, we met over Instagram, which is like where all my friends come from now. <laughs> like I just find people on Instagram that I think are awesome, but we found each other. I think you reached out to me cause I had done the ghost magnet podcast. And then I yeah. looked, I looked at your art and I was like, holy shit, this like, this chick's awesome. And <laughs> we sort of like did a trade, um, and got to know each other better. And I, and I was like, when I saw your art, I like thought there was a familiar, like there, there was something familiar about it on top of it being awesome. And then one day I did like a deep dive of your Instagram and I saw that photo that you had drawn of this sort of like night terror that you had. And I fucking have a print of it 
that my friend gave to me because it reminded him of a night terror story that I had told him about. So it was just like, I was like, oh my God, like this is like a crazy connection to have. That's amazing. I love that. I know. I love it too. I was like, holy shit. Um, (laughs) So when you were, you said you were 12, about 12 when this happened? I was, it was either 11 or 12. I can't say exactly, but it was around that time. Did you like try to draw it at that time or was this like a memory that you pulled through later? This is something that I just, I didn't want to draw it because I didn't want to think about it because it was just like so horrific. But I think I finally, I told the story to several people and no one had ever told me about the old hag syndrome. So like I didn't know about that up until several years ago that that was a pretty common sleep paralysis thing that happens apart from the blanket being ripped off of me. But um, I I just didn't want to have anything to do with it for a long time. And I think when I was in my early twenties, I finally sat down and just like was willing to face it and look at it. Yeah. I did a a very short little, I used to make zines and stuff. So (gasps) me too. Sorry. Oh, (laughs) <laughs> I would do a bunch of like I mean they were all weird There's there would be like witchy themed ones ghost themed ones dream themed ones just like esoteric weird scenes but this one had a short little comic of that event mm-hmm. that's when I finally put it down on paper and yeah then I started hearing more like this was something that happened to people um, but like I said, not necessarily everybody experiences the the physical aspect where something is thrown or moved, whether or not that was maybe poltergeist related, because they do say during times of turmoil and like angsty tween years, things like that can happen. Right. And that was the time that was my age when this happened. So, like, I don't know. I'm still confused by exactly what happened, but I saw the blanket get removed from my body. (laughs) Yeah, and you felt a weight on your on your chest. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah, in my in my sleep paralysis, that made that has my connection with that drawing. I was basically I had attacked myself. (laughs) Like I was attacking myself. Like a future me was attacking current me but like I had a handprint on my leg like something had like tried to pull me out of the bed and then I was just like I was paralyzed and it felt like there was something like on top of me just like in your story yeah that's so scary (laughs) it was yeah now I think it's kind of cool because there's like a lot of layers to why I think happened it happened but I'm curious how, like, how did you, do you remember how you went about trying to process it being that age and having something so intense happen? I just told my mom about it and my sisters heard me. So it was just like a, a thing my family knew, my, my close family. And that's it. They never made fun of me. I, oh, like nice. I found out, I found out from my mom that she had also been experiencing weird things in that house. And like that house was <laughs> my, my dad had built that house, but it was just like farmland before that. Yeah. It, it There was something off about it. Like it literally had the upstairs literally had a long hallway with just like doors lining each side so just like a stereotypical creepy haunted long doorway or long yeah. hallway of door- <laughs> <laughs> to be spooky did you feel but, like did you do you know if like anyone else in your family had experiences with the hag or was it just your mom um I've only ever heard it from my mom I feel like my other sisters would have definitely told me because they're into this stuff too, whether or not they've had as many experiences as me. I don't, I don't think so. Right. They would have told me, but yeah. I'm, so you weren't still, even when that happened, you weren't really deterred from following a magical path? No, not at all. It For some reason, it didn't 
seem like that was part of that world. It was just like a weird, creepy thing that happened. (laughs) Yeah. It didn't like alter my past at all. It was still very much into watching horror movies and I don't know. I'm, I just like to torture myself, I guess. <laughs> right. Sorry for the bang. I might, <laughs> my knee hit the table. Um, when you were, so were you like a little girl practicing witchcraft or like, were you just interested in fairies and folklore? Like, what did that look like? Um, even to this day, I wouldn't necessarily call myself a witch only because I'm a weirdo and just like labeling myself makes me personally feel weird. Mm-hmm. So, like I just go about doing the things that I think need to be done. <laughs> if that's like doing a drawing to incite a certain mood or something to me, my art is my, my form of magic because it, it does have the, the ability to, I don't know, like leave an impression of some kind mm-hmm. yeah so that's that's kind of like how I practice I guess if I can even call it that I just don't want to come off as like a poser or something oh. like that. but <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah I don't think anyone I don't think anyone listening would think that I certainly don't think that I I think it's really cool actually your perspective about how if you're trying to elicit some sort of mood or ambiance, you'll draw something that mirrors it. So I'm curious if you've ever had like something that you drew that was that, that you later noticed manifested in some way. Hmm. Um, I would have to sit and think about that. I feel like that's probably happened on like really small scales before. Mm-hmm. Um, I mostly have a weird, precognitive dreams or just like lots of synchronistic things that have happened. Um, one thing I guess I could um, say would be while, have you watched Tellier by chance? No, but people keep telling me I need to. And it's one of those things that I just keep forgetting to do. Yeah. I highly recommend it. I thought, it was really wonderful and it's great for like magically minded people. Mm-hmm. But like while watching that, I would just like make evenings of it, watch a couple episodes every night and have my sketchbook and I would be working at stuff while I was watching. And I had been working on a drawing of the horned God. And then they started talking about Ternunos. And then I started drawing Crowley, and then they started talking about him. Ooh. And then I started drawing this, like, alien woman, kind of like a keeper of keys who, she was inspired by, like, Tommy knockers and, like, cave-dwelling entities who have keys to other realms inside of caves. And they literally start talking about stuff like that, like a door opening in a cave. So it was just, so this show is about synchronicities and I was experiencing this while it was happening. And that felt really special and weird. And it just, (laughs) that was interesting. Yeah. A bunch of wizards (laughs) writing that show. Yeah. When you, sorry, go ahead. Oh, it's really fun. I, I would recommend it for sure to anybody who likes weird magic. And there's even Mothman. And it's there's so much happening. It's just really fun. You've drawn the Mothman before, haven't you? Mm-hmm. Is yeah. I've drawn several Mothmen. Huh? <laughs> I've drawn several Mothmen. Do you feel like that's one of the paranormal folklores that you're more attracted to? Or is it just sort of like you... We're having fun with it or <laughs> where was the inspiration for that? Yeah, it's it's such an interesting in, in-depth story that just has so many layers. It's it's wild. There's so much going on just beyond that character of the Mothman. He's just like one little part. And the overall story is kind of like something that I'm more interested in than that cryptid. Uh-huh. It's a cool cryptid. 
definitely. But like everything that's happening all around it is just like, what is going on? It's got everything. It's got aliens and portals and harbingers and like the men in black. So different, just like UFO sightings over the course of several years. It's crazy. (laughs) So there have been like UFO sightings, uh, like sort of that synchronized with Mothman sightings. Yes. What are some, I'm like, so I don't know that much about the Mothman. I know that, you know, the folklore is that he appears like right before there's some sort of like huge tragedy. And that's sort of like, you know. Folklore, really, um, that's kind of debated anymore because there's just so much, I don't know, it, it would, I don't even think I could talk about it and give it justice properly. Mm-hmm. Um it's just so in depth. I'm I'm overwhelmed even thinking about it right now. Yeah, but like it's not linear. No, it's it's that's kind of what's so cool about it. Um, it just goes round and round, and it's yeah. Time is irrelevant. Time isn't real. Time but, is um, not real. It's the, I feel like that all the time. <laughs> yeah, I remember when I was like. 13 I wrote a note I was feeling very angsty and I wrote on a post-it note and just put it on the middle of the fridge (laughs) time is not real (laughs) and that's probably why my mom thinks I'm weird that's pretty great that's pretty cute thing for a kid to do I'd be stoked (laughs) I wanted to ask if you were if you'd had other paranormal experiences outside of the hag the hag nightmare fiasco yeah um there is this one thing that happened in the same house and this is when I was about eight or nine and I only started really thinking about this maybe a couple years ago when I started illustrating it. Um, this one's really magical and I'll just tell the story. So it was dusk and I was headed to bed, but I looked out my upstairs window down at our front lawn and there was like this pretty good sized pine tree in the front yard and we knew there was like a a warren of rabbits that lived underneath it so there were burrows and things Mm -hmm. and um because it was dusk and the lights the street lights were just like glowing orange I could see the rabbits when they came out but they were all just silhouettes so I couldn't see like their features or the color of their fur or anything. It was just a bunch of basically black silhouetted rabbits. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I saw this one. So sorry, I'm going to cough again. That's okay. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. You're okay. You're okay. And I saw this one rabbit that looked really strange to me because it looked like it had a baby rabbit sitting on its back Um, because I saw the big rabbit and then I saw a little shape on top of it just like perched on top of its back and it had these two long protrusions which I thought were rabbit ears Yeah, and I just thought that was cute and I was such a like a little animal nerd when I was little um I was obsessed with possum and I knew that possums carried their babies on their back and I was like oh my gosh that too that's so cute and I just didn't think anything of it I went to bed and woke up the next morning and told my mom that I saw a baby rabbit clinging to its mom's back (laughs) and she was confused and she was like I don't think rabbits do that and just left it at that. And as I got older, I can still see the silhouette like perfectly in my brain. So I started sketching it out and the conclusion that I've come to just, I don't, I mean, it's fun. It's silly, but like it looks like a little humanoid and the two protrusions are wings like a human riding on the back of a rabbit, like a little 
fairy or something. Which is what I would do if I were a fairy, by the way. (laughs) Agreed. (laughs) Have you, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I mean, that's all there that I have to say about that is just like that. (laughs) They were longer than rabbit ears too. Like when I see it in my head, like those protrusions were very long and I just didn't know any better when I was little. Like, I don't know who it was. Honestly, it could have been like, like a, I don't know, a bunch of leaves or something. Just like, no, it it was a fairy. I'm like, it was a fairy. Come on. Like, we're, on the, we're on the show that accepts the fairy theory before like the leave theory. <laughs> yeah. But that was really cool. So Yeah. It, like when I was watching it, I was just like so enchanted by it. It was so, I don't know. It was like spellbinding. I just kept staring at that. Right. And. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like it was captivating in a way that sort of adds to the magical theory that it may have been a fairy just because it was like the yeah. ambiance was there. Yeah, it was just orange backlit and it was really cool. <laughs> have you felt a connection to the Fae throughout your life or since then? I feel like if that's really what that was and that's what we're going with on this show, yeah. then like they were they revealed themselves to me at one point and that was that was it yeah that's when I and up until I started sketching it out um because I I didn't realize what I had possibly seen when I was younger I kind of had an aversion to fairies because I just associated them with like Disney stuff Mm -hmm. and I don't know as I got older I started reading more about like actual traditional fae then yes, it was like, suddenly I was like, wow, yes, that feels like I have some kind of connection to it. Like maybe ancestrally, my family's like English and British Isles area. So who knows if that's why? I don't know. No, I mean, it it could be. Plus it's like, you know, when you, if you try to like search for an explanation about like why someone likes fairies or why someone can talk to the dead. It's like, you're never going to find a definitive answer. <laughs> really difficult to pin anything down. I just like it. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it's funny. Um, I wanted to, because I think it's really cool that you have sort of referenced that sketching is a sort of a way that you uncover memories from the past Mm-hmm. Is that something that you feel like you do often? Um, well, <laughs> since time isn't real, then there is no past. Okay. And <laughs> I don't know. I think just characters that are always with me, they're just always around. And whether or not they want to present themselves to me is at their own pace. So sometimes I'll be working on a drawing and I cannot get it right and I'll have to hold off or there have been times, few times, but a couple times where I just like had to burn something because it was not coming together. This Mm -hmm. artwork, this creature was not right. And the only way to get rid of it was to put it in the fire. But um, I think I'm just really, I'm kind of, I'm an intuitive person, but I'm also just like a spur of the moment chaotic person. Mm-hmm. So like that's how my stuff comes to me where it's just like, oh my gosh, this flash, like a download. It just like instantly hits my brain and I will sketch it. Yeah. Like you have to. <laughs> yeah. When you, I'll like, sorry, go ahead. Sometimes see something like right before I'm about to fall asleep. And my husband probably thinks I'm so weird, but like, I'll just pop out of bed and like run to my art room and doodle something like super quickly and then just go right back to bed. Yeah. That way you can sort of work with it more when you're, do you feel like you are pulling through like specific entities when you're drawing? Oh, in some way. Yeah. Um, cause I don't know, like, 
how physical that they would necessarily be. But just because they're not physical, I don't think that means they're not real. I think something um, emotional or psychical or something from some kind of other dimension or realm or however you want to word it. Um, just because they're not physical in our sense doesn't mean that they don't exist in some way. And me putting them on paper is just a way to like capture an essence of some kind. Yeah, totally. When you're, yeah. when you're putting, when you're putting them in, like, kind of like you're, you are sort of like creating the physical manifestation in a lot of ways, even though it's not three dimensional, it is still like a physical manifestation of the unseen. Mm-hmm. I, I'm curious if you, you know, it, when you're working on a piece, if you feel like you're connecting with a personality. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, I love to draw faces and stuff and like. I have caught myself while I am sketching a certain facial expression and I am like making that exact same facial expression. (laughs) (laughs) But like, yes, there are these personalities that I am experiencing while I am drawing. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like there are like, um, like MVP characters that come through? More often yeah. than others. And it might just be because I'm more connected to these different entities or creatures. But I have these, they're almost kind of like these, I don't know, like these guide things <laughs> that are a part of my life. Yeah. Uh, like this bipedal deer guy that I draw a lot. He wears like robes and stuff. Sometimes he doesn't wear anything. He's just like a a deer man body covered in fur. But sometimes he's wearing this like ritual garb. Very fancy. (laughs) (laughs) He's a deer wizard. Yeah, basically. So he makes a lot of appearances. Um, I think he came up in our reading. I think I, I think he showed himself to me and I was like, there's a guy with antlers. (laughs) I remember you saying something like that. And you also mentioned something about like a static guy which was I don't know who that was but that to me um felt like like the ghost in my house (laughs) so I don't know if you remember that I do I I do because I remember I'm almost getting like a clairvoyant flashback but it felt almost like the static of a tv if it had like form or it almost felt like space-time ripping in some ways weird yeah but it just kind of hit me because like the one time that I heard something in my house sounded like it was coming from like like an old-time radio or a static tv or something grainy yes yes I remember I'm remembering it now yeah Mm -hmm. so whoever that guy is I think he's cool I think he's just like Abrasive. Like it got- <laughs> what was that? Cool, but almost abrasive with the static. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he'll, he's only made himself like audibly known to me that one time. But like <laughs> before we lived in this house, um, this was my husband's uncle's house, but he passed away. And um after several years of it being just kind of like a like a gross rat house where people rented it out like different family members and stuff they kind of just like pitted the house out Frank that's my husband he and I decided we would like to move in to this house because they were it was opening up like people were leaving and we had the opportunity and we're like yeah we don't want to live in Chicago anymore we would love in a farmhouse yes so we took the opportunity and just like cleaned it up did a ton of work it was we still have stuff to do but before we lived here it was just like musical rock and roll dudes and I feel like that's what the ghost is I think he just wants to like hang out and he said hello to me when I was putting a record on so like 
that who knows I don't know <laughs> yeah like he's like oh I'll, I'll be here for this I'll be here for some music that sounds cool yeah but it kind of creeps me out I've since just been like you can hang out in the barn because our barn they actually in the 80s um Frank's uncle converted it to a recording studio so there's like all kinds of cool equipment and like couches to lounge on and I told the ghost he can go hang out in there as much as he wants but he can't hang out in the house while we're here that's fair and he- <laughs> he's been cool about it yeah just like living out his ghost life in rocking and rolling yeah yeah out in the barn <laughs> I think that's like like I think it's cool that you can just sort of like set boundaries with spirits that are in your house. Cause I think that some people like they kind of tend to freak out and want to just like stage and push, push whatever entity it is out. But you can just be like, Hey, like I just don't want you to scare the shit out of me. So don't do that. Like, like, they are people. They were people. So I don't know if this was just like a cool laid back rock and roll guy. Why would he think, scaring me is cool like that would be I I don't think he would want to do that I think he'd be like okay yeah I'll just hang out (laughs) yeah yeah like he didn't mean to it's just an accident (laughs) yeah but who knows (laughs) I wanted to ask a little bit again about like just circle back to the the guides that you draw like the the antler the deer guy I'm Mm -hmm. curious like when you're when you're feeling, is it like, and it might go both ways, but do you feel like sometimes you're inspired to draw him or sometimes you draw him because you want to pull him in? Um, I usually only draw him when I'm extremely inspired to draw him. Um, yeah. There'll be like moments where I'm just like, wow, I feel that presence really strong in my life right now. And I'm going to create this almost to like honor that and acknowledge it. So, yeah, that's where he that's why I draw him mostly. Do you feel like you notice like does he come up at certain times? Like, have you noticed a parallel between like if things are going really well he shows up or if things are like not so well, he shows up. Like, have you noticed any sort of pattern with when he shows up? I, I should keep track of that. Cause like, I, I can't answer that. I don't really remember. Yeah. To be honest. And I mean, that's not like, it's not like, not, that's not necessarily something that like a normal person would think about. <laughs> so it makes sense. No, cool though, because like there are things that I, I do keep track of. Like I will have, and this past week, today's the full moon, I believe. It is, yeah. Uh, up until now, I have had the absolute most just realistic, vivid, lucid dreams. So, like, I know that I'm going to have those dreams the week before the full moon. And I've been able to track that. So. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. Those, you, like, know when, you know when you're cycling to a lucid dream period. Yeah. Yeah, and that's something that has been happening for years now, and I finally just downloaded that Moon app, so I've been able to actually track it and just be like, wow, yeah, this is spot on. The full moon is coming. Nice. Do you ever dream journal, or do you ever have any sort of reoccurring dreams that feel significant? Yeah, definitely. I, I should dream journal more often I'm just so busy anymore I haven't really been doing it as much but um, you have to have you have to have leisure time to dream journal you just do yeah um if if I do it it'll be immediately after I wake up and I will just like make a like a note on my iPhone like in the notes section or something Mm -hmm. but I used to have an actual journal that I would hand write it down in so that was kind of cool that's fun to look back on Mm -hmm. but um yeah, I just haven't done that as much anymore. But as for like reoccurring dreams, yeah, I have these places that I seem to like visit often. Um, they're really hard to explain because they're not necessarily like 
a house in a sense of like what a house looks like because they're, I mean, sometimes they have like the NC Escher stairways where you can walk upside down in certain places. I don't know. This sounds really cliche, but that is one part of this one house that I visit often. It's scary because in my dream, I can't do it, but I see other people doing it. Oh, well, so you can't actually do it, but other people can. I've seen other people do it. I don't know who they are, but I see these people. Um, I can't see their faces, but I know that they are able to walk on these other random stairwells. That's so crazy. <laughs> I think it's th- weird. Yeah. It's funny because it's like you're lucid dreaming. So in theory, you should be able to do like whatever. But it's also like because you're lucid dreaming, you still hold on to these sort of like rules of gravity. (laughs) And yeah, there are some times where I will attempt to like there'll there'll be stairwells that have like a huge gap or something or or like a, a tiny little section I'll have to like crawl through so there are these weird little feet that I have to conquer and it feels like I'm literally like cramming my body through a tiny little cavern in a stairwell to get to the other part of it or whatever and I don't like having to do that in my dreams but I will just to like prove it to myself I guess yeah Still not willing to go on the upside down stairs. Not on the upside down. <laughs> um, when you're having lucid dreams, I feel like there's always like a, a varying level of control of like, because like lucid dreams are so weird. Because it's like, yeah, you're, you're aware of what you're doing and you're making some decisions, but it's also like, I don't know, like it's just like the consciousness around it is just like nebulous in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious if you're like, if you're aware of how much control you have or if you've, if it's just a situation where it's like so vivid, you're aware that it's happening, but you don't necessarily know that you're conscientiously making decisions. Yeah, actually, um, maybe about a month ago, I had the most lucid dream I have ever had in my life because I was, I was like performing magic basically in my dream. I knew I was dreaming and um, one example would be in this dream, I was really tired. So I was like tired in my dream, which is really funny yeah. already. But <laughs> I laid down in this really soft moss that I conjured. And then I was like, I would love to see a hyacinth bloom. And so a hyacinth flower popped out of the moss. And I was like, I would like this to be a black hyacinth, but goat heads. (laughs) So with each tiny little flower on the hyacinth, when they bloomed, there were these tiny, cute little black goat heads. And like (laughs) that, and it was so, I felt so proud of myself in the dream. (laughs) That was really like one of my most, um, I don't know, realistic, lucid, totally in control dreams that, that I've had in the time. so magical. I'm so jealous of that dream. Well, it rarely happens. So I'll have the ones where I know I'm dreaming. But like when I do stuff like that, that, that was like maybe one of two of mm-hmm. those types of dreams. <laughs> so. I'm curious because one of the things that you sent me was you sent me some like a roll on dream oil. Oh, yeah. Do you work, do you work with that every night or have to, I mean, you know, do you, do you work with it all the time? Do you work with it at all? Sometimes I'll create a product and I won't necessarily work with it all the time. So I'm just curious, like, you know, if you're working with that dream oil, which works by the way, I used it and I had crazy dreams. I am so glad to hear that. That one's one of the best ones that I think I've ever made. Cause I just, I put so much intention into that one specifically. I've done other like balms and stuff before. Uh, same idea. But, you know, they're just like, they smell good and you go to sleep. Yeah. But this full-on oil always gives me just, like, wild dreams. And I don't use it every night. I, I kind of just want to, like, save it. Yeah. And I'm really feeling like, I want a cool dream tonight. Then I'll use it. That's what I do Especially- with it. <laughs> try it. 
right before the full moon. That's when I use it the most because that's when I know I'm going to have vivid dreams anyway. Yeah. So that might be worth trying. I'm going to. I'm totally going to. Yeah. You sort of have like, because you've got a pretty, you've got a pretty well established and well stocked Etsy shop. And you do have a variety of products. You've got you've got your prints, you have, you know, shirts and robes and dresses sometimes. And then there's, you know, you go over into the world of candles and, and like solid perfumes and stuff like that. Yeah. (laughs) I'm just curious, like how, like at what point did you, I'm assuming you probably started out with art and then branched out to, you know, magical balms and potions and perfumes. I'm curious what that sort of like, how that unfolded and how that sort of came to be. Okay. (laughs) Uh, I might as well just say it publicly. (laughs) So I started making candles. I called them my spite candles (laughs) because I once ordered from a store that I thought was so cool. I saw all these beautiful photos. They were posting online and I was like, you know what? I'm finally, this was like five years ago, maybe more than that. So I decided that I would finally give in and buy this amazing candle set that they were promoting. And they just stole my money. <gasps> they never sent anything ever. So I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make my own candles and they're going to be awesome. <laughs> That was like why I started making candles because I, I love candles anyway. I like to collect them. Yeah. Uh, but like this person never, they never responded to any of my messages. They just stole my money. And I was just like, that's not cool. So, that's not cool. Yeah. I just decided it would be really fun to, I had all these ideas in my mind of what I wanted candles to smell like anyway. So it was kind of um, an expensive journey to get stuck in. Right. To say the least, starting to make candles is like pretty expensive, unfortunately. Like all the oils and stuff and all the glass and wax and. Yeah, it's a lot. So started out really small and just made stuff for myself. Gave some to like family members. People actually liked them. So I started designing labels and like creating scents that were based on different creatures I've drawn, just different artworks and stuff that I've made. Mm-hmm. And well, they were just like really into it. And that was exciting because like I, I personally really like making them as it turned out. And I just wanted to keep making more. <laughs> yeah. They, so, yeah. You do a good job. Out. They smell really good in the, the fragrance. Um like it, it's it's a good fragrance like you know like you like sometimes you light a candle and you're like I can't fucking smell this unless I have my face up to it but like your candles yeah. are like it's the good stuff because it makes the whole the whole house smell like it yeah thank you for noticing I like try really hard to get different oils like I don't use oils from all the same companies because let's say this one company's rose doesn't smell nearly as good as this other companies, but they might also have a really good smelling like clove or something. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of all kinds of different wholesale providers that I've done so much research and like spent so much money on figuring all of this stuff out. So yeah, thank you. I'm glad you actually <laughs> Yeah, they're good stuff. I ba- I back I back the candles big time. <laughs> I wanted to ask because you said that you have some of the candles. They kind of have a scent, like you you sort of make the label after the character. And I'm curious if sometimes these characters that you draw do come with a scent. If you are you know if your senses come alive in that way, or if like you know what that intuitive connection feels like when you are creating a scent based off of something you've drawn. Yeah, that's a good question. Sometimes, I mean, it goes both ways. There will be something where when I'm drawing it, I already have 
the entire scent profile profile in mind. Like this is going to smell like like a wet moss covered garden with lilacs or something. I don't know. Yeah. I you know like weird little blends and stuff. So they're really hard to recreate actually. Yeah. Um, but other times I will just have something that I've already drawn. And when I look at it and if I consider that it might be good for something to put on a label, then I can start to like put together like a backstory in a way, like where, where does this character live? Yeah. Would they be baking bread in their wooden home on the side of a cave? Or just, it gets so weirdly specific that <laughs> I like want to incorporate all these tiny little hints of all these different smells that can like hit you at different times when you're burning the candle. Yeah. It's yeah. a story. Yeah, no, totally. I'm like, you need to write. I'm like, you need to write a new, like, like Grimm's fairy tales because you have all of this, like, they're happy. You know, <laughs> I've actually, I've written a couple little short stories and some that I've never done anything with, mm-hmm. some that I'm still working on. I mostly just, like, want to illustrate them. But, like, I am, I'm trying to, to write. I don't know how to go about publishing the right way yeah um self-published stuff like like i said the zines and stuff that of course was self-published but um yeah i I just want to figure out how to do it yeah zines are easier they're not as refined as like an actual book yeah (sighs) maybe someday i i definitely have content that i'm working on so that is something i want to to do and have in the future, like a physical book with some of my illustrated stories in it. Yeah. I've done guides and stuff like a, like a bestiary, different animals and like, yeah, the creepy creatures that I've drawn with tiny little descriptions and stuff. So I have done that before, but that's about as far as it goes with fairy tales. Yeah. For now. Everything will unfold in its own time though. Like you, you have so much on your plate as it stands. Yeah. <laughs> There's one thing that I keep seeing on your site that keep, that pisses me off and I'm, I can't even imagine how you're feeling, but your art is being stolen kind of a fucking lot lately. Yeah. <laughs> what's been going that, Like, do you mind if I ask like, what's been going on with that? That is really unfortunate. I, I, makes me really sad actually because like they have been stealing my photos of my product photos where I'm like they're pictures of me Mm -hmm. and they've been stealing my Etsy reviews and my Etsy customers thank you photos putting it on their website to make it look real but it's all mine it's all stolen content from my shop and there's really nothing I can do about it. They're not based in the United States. And I have been doing so much research, talking to so many other artists who this has happened to also, because this is not just me. This happens constantly. Um, and they're just like, you can either pay like millions of dollars to right. get like sue them for copyright infringement, or you can't do anything. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Uh, and it's just like, is it, so there's like basically recreating your products and selling them? Yeah. At first I, I really thought they were just scamming people out of money. Yeah. Um, but then products started arriving because I had been contacting people who I saw that claimed they had bought it. Like it was on this whole Facebook Post where people were like, oh my gosh, I need to buy it, blah, blah, blah. Super happy that they wanted to buy this robe for $30. In actuality, they cost more than that to actually produce on my end. Yeah, so it was so like a joke. Screwing you. <laughs> yeah. So I did find out, though, that they were making their own really, really awful looking knockoff. And people were sending me photos. They said that it's made with like cheap basketball shorts material and the print is just 
it looks like a photocopy and sometimes they're upside down. Like they sewed it on there upside down. It's just like a disaster, but they are making physical copies. It's, (laughs) it's wild. How do you think, because I feel like for people who don't, who aren't aware of your work, it's so unassuming and it's so innocent for them to buy it because they have no idea, you know, and it's like they're like these Facebook ads that are coming out that would reach people who don't necessarily know who you are. And then it's like you're kind of being informed by people who make the connection. But I'm Mm -hmm. curious if like you've sort of been able to detect red flags that other people can look out for so that they don't buy stuff that's been knocked off from either you or other artists one red flag that I would say is every person's face in the clothing photo they're sharing is cropped out Mm. um (laughs) that's a big red flag because it's like I've seen a bunch of these websites who have stolen from not only me but other people and any person who was in the photo like in the product shot, model photo, or whatever, their face is cropped out very conveniently. Right. So that's one thing to look for. Um, another thing would be they don't mention a designer who's connected to it. They just say it's like part of this like entire online shop. Um yeah, I don't, I don't know. It, it all, they do it, a just good bothers, huh? it just bothers me. Cause like, I would never do that to anybody. <laughs> I just like, it's hard for me to imagine like a whole company who like, that's how they make their money. It's well, really upsetting. Especially if you're ripping off artists, because it's like yeah. the amount of work that it takes to be a successful, independently employed person, let alone an artist is fucking out of, like it's so over the top people don't realize how much work it is and yeah like you don't get work. you don't get days off if you're self-employed you work every day and yeah. for like some just like company to rip off artists like it's just like a it's just like a different level of skis yeah I completely agree and then it doesn't help when people want to be like <laughs> I actually got an email from somebody who I can't even okay basically she just said I deserve to be ripped off from this company because I am practicing witchcraft and (laughs) I don't know what I'm doing or messing with and I shouldn't have called the orange man a racist (laughs) oh my gosh (laughs) Well, don't even say it. Yeah. I'm sure you know. <laughs> yeah, clearly she's on to something. I mean, come on, with that logic, it's pretty airtight. <laughs> First, like before I got to that part, I was like, like shaking, like, oh my gosh, who does she think she is? And then I, I read that part, and I was like, oh, you're just bonkers. You're okay. a tra- yeah, you're like a you're an orange man fanatic. So uh, whatever Ooh. you say immediately has no credit with me. <laughs> Yeah, I was instantly like, whew, okay, <laughs> she's just terrible. Yeah. Never mind. <laughs> but, yeah. Well, thank you so much for doing this interview. I always love talking to you, whether it's through Instagram or on the phone. Um, if, mm-hmm. if people want to find you online to buy authentic art or just sort of check out your work, where should they find you? Um, I am definitely mostly on Instagram and my handle there is my name, Brett Manning Art. And there's links to all of my shops there. But my Etsy shop is if you type in Brett is a girl, all one word, Brett is a girl, Etsy, then you'll find my store. Awesome. Thank you again. It's such a pleasure to talk to you. Yeah, you too. This was fun. It was. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Glittercast. You can find me online at rainbowglitterstar.com, on Instagram at rainbowglitterstar, at the Glittercast for daily horoscopes and updates on the podcast. And don't forget to check out Betwixt the Shadows, the live stream that I host with Sal from the Crooked Path every Wednesday 
at 7, although we may be going on a short hiatus soon. All right. If you need to reach out, you know how to find me. I hope you have a great day. Bye.